You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I'm a doctor, not a podcast. Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. Chief Petty Officer Anthony Lewis and Fleet Admiral Ben Knight. Back uh, on the bridge. Back on the bridge. Back in the Prime Universe. Yeah, yeah. How was uh, how was uh, your excursion to to Risa? I can't think of any other vacation plans. I know there must be some other ones, but well, but you know, Risa's you know they're the best at what they do. And uh, and who doesn't like gold lame hot pants? I mean, sure, you know. Absolutely. And lame is actually from Riser originally. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I don't think that's how vacations really work in in Starfleet. But we've been on uh, vacation for months. We have. They have very <laughs> very strong unions in Starfleet. They really take care of their employees. <laughs> We get months-long vacations. Um, well, the Starfleet uh, <laughs> Logistics Corps and Diplomatic Corps have been working on Brexit for most of that time. So <laughs> yeah, it's still uh, ongoing here in the twenty. Yeah, they've not century. they've not done well. They've not done well. No, it's still being litigated. This uh, all these years later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this uh, this episode of the podcast brought to you by Adam Tickets. Head on over to cinemageekly dot com slash Adam Tickets or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. Get uh, some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Now we've got that out of the way. Ben, there is so much Star Trek stuff to talk about that we've missed out on. So much of a good time to be a Star Trek fan. It is. Uh, well, I mean, we'll we'll debate on how good it'll end up being. Of course, being Star Trek fans, I think you and I are both probably pretty open to mm. whatever they're going to give us. But I think we're also going to be very free here to speculate as to the quality of what we might be getting. Yeah, although I think they've um, in, in season one they've um, given us reason to have a degree of trust in them. I think. Mm. I mean, look, I'm very open to any Star Trek news right now. I'm in the midst of one of my legendary uh, plowing through all of Star Trek runs right now. I'm consuming. Are you on now? Yes, I'm, right now I'm consuming both season five of Deep Space Nine and season three of Voyager, okay. Uh, sort of simultaneously right now. So, uh, I'm so I, actually that means I'm almost done watching all of Star Trek. I've yeah. watched the vast majority of it already, but uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm standing right now. So I'm super open to any like when people are like, "Hey, more Star Trek, uh, so much the better," but. There are some so wait, things that we could discuss. Does this mean you're going to uh, it, it now as part of your run? I guess you're going to have to include season one of Discovery, yeah? So this is the official canonical decision that I have made right now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I made it a little bit back. Well, number one, uh, they have not released Discovery on physical medium yet, which mm-hmm. is upsetting. I'm sure they're probably trying to hold on to that for as long as possible on their streaming service to get people in and watching it. But I would really like it if they released uh, season one on Blu-ray. Well, it's, I mean, it's going to have to be um, HDR Blu-ray, isn't it? So mm-hmm. as in 4K. So I'm I'm prepared to wait for that. Yeah, uh, hopefully that'll happen soon. But what I ultimately, I mean, it's also, even if they had released it on Blu-ray, I decided that I'm going to wait to include Discovery until Discovery ends, whenever that is. Wow, okay. Um, Because it's not a complete, you know, I'm not viewing the complete history, Ben. We've only seen Mm. that one season. I mean, unless all we get is one season, which we know we won't. Uh, clearly, as we were about to talk about, I was about to say they're ad- about to add pretty heavily to canon here. So <laughs> yes, uh, let's. Uh, so yeah, so for now, no discovery in in the uh, the watch through. But uh, yeah, let's head back to uh, June. Let's head back like uh, it's, uh, it's about a month back. I want some harp music and a sort of wibbly wobbly effect now on us as we cast ourselves back to June. I'll have to I'll have to pull one of those out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll find one. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was uh, news coming out that CBS is planning on expanding the Star Trek, uh, the Star Trek TV franchise, and they are. This is, I think, coming off the news that the the people who were current showrunners got canned. Yeah, right. Uh, Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts yeah. were booted. Presumably for being assholes to the writing staff. There's not been a huge amount said about it publicly, has there? I'm guessing there's various NDAs kicking around, but... Uh, right, and I haven't heard them comment on the situation in any way. I'm sure they have their side of the story, but mm. uh, they booted them. The new man in charge is Alex Kurtzman, who's also being in charge of this expanding universe, which, to me, immediately set off alarms like mm-hmm. it's such as a star trek fan it was such a weird mixed feeling it was like they're going to be expanding the star trek tv universe and there's going to be a lot more star trek so i'm like woo and they're like the guy we're putting in charge of it is the guy who is part of two failed expanded franchises mm-hmm. uh one being the uh andrew garfield spider man verse Uh, which they were planning on expanding out on those movies and they were going to do a Sinister Six movie and all this other stuff. It all crumbled and Sony went, you know, back to Marvel and was like, please make Spider-Man good. And then they (laughs) did. Uh, And then the other thing that he was almost, I mean, I'm sure he's not completely in charge of, but he was mostly in charge of what would have been Universal's Dark Universe, which would have seen the making of all of these, uh, remaking of these old universal monster movies and then they would come together in some sort of uh avengers movie with universal monsters which started with tom cruise's the mummy which i thought was fine but you don't need fine to kick off Uh, most people thought it was not fine they thought it was worse than fine and you need something really good to kick off a franchise and it didn't, and as far as I know, the Dark Universe is now completely dead, and they had pre-production going on some other movies, which have all since ceased. I'm going to say it. I'm pretty pleased that they canned that. Yeah. I didn't I just, think it was such a good uh, idea either. Well, it, I mean, you can you can imagine the meeting in which it occurred, can't you? Because mm. effectively what they've... It, it's this constant obsession with reboot, reimagine, reboot, reimagine, and... 
you know, you scratch your way back far enough and you start to dredge out, um, you know, real kind of old school um, content and, and dust that down. And I, I can see why the enthusiasm for that perhaps wasn't everything that they'd hoped for. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the rumored proposed ideas for the multiple shows that are in development here for the expansion of Star Trek. Now, it doesn't sound like it's going to be an interconnected universe, but they're going to be connected in so much as that these things would take place within the same timeline because uh, CBS is not playing in the Kelvin timeline. Everything is being played within the the prime timeline. So uh, how about uh, we take these one at a time and Mm -hmm. you tell me what you think about them. So, we going to have to start with the Academy, aren't we? Yes. A series set at Starfleet Academy from creators Stephanie Savage and John Schwartz. The duo most recently developed CW's reboot of Dynasty and previously mm. created shows like Gossip Girl uh, and Hulu and Marvel's Runaways. Uh, I've not seen Dynasty or Gossip mm. Girl, but I've I have seen Dynasty. The remake. Reboot, and yeah. Uh, do you know what? It's not a disaster, but... Um, hey, for CW, that's a win. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of what I was going to say, is that uh, I was kind of worried when I saw the names attached to this, I have to say. Well, I will say, I, I have watched Marvel's Runaways, and it's a fun show. I, I mm. liked it, with a cute idea. Um, it's not a blow away, but it is far from, like, the worst thing Marvel's ever done. I don't know, what do you think of uh, an idea of a, you know, I, I mean, all I can think of is, like, a CW teen drama set I know, in the future. That's... That's what I'm dreading. I mean, okay, so here's the sort of start point for this. What, what we don't know about the Academy series mm. is where, when that is going to be set. Sure. Um, and there's nothing to say in here that all of this is contemporaneous uh, with Discovery, save for, as we'll come to a bit later on, there, there's clearly some parts that will be. Um, but if it, if it turns into kind of teen drama um, Academy stuff, I... I just, I look at all the sci-fi and fantasy franchises, or every, pretty much every franchise that's done that, and with the exception of Muppet Babies, everything else is crap. Um, <laughs> and I stand by Muppet, Muppet Babies. Oh, uh, but as, no, I mean I, I as well, yes. You know, so take Doctor Who with with class. I mean, it wasn't crap, crap, but it wasn't great. And the yeah. thing that made it not great was the annoying kids in it. Um, well, <laughs> that's yeah, always too, the problem. Yeah, well, it kind of is, isn't it? Um, I mean, I guess the other thing is I'm not used to the idea of being outside of the demographic for a Star Trek show. <laughs> and And I think I would be out of the demo for this. I mean, I yeah. feel guilty if I put Hollyoaks on. That's a very British reference. But, um, you know, it's this kind of... Well, I don't want to prejudge it. I'm just concerned that if they go teen drama in space, um, I'm just going to get wound up by it because you know there's going to be federation flyboys like sort of a young tom paris type character and um there's going to be uh no just the whole thing drives me mad however if it's written with a sort of joss whedon-esque punchiness it could be good but then i don't know does it need to be part of the star star trek universe in order to make that work why why was this idea that Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz had not strong enough to yeah. perhaps be something else, you know? Here's my here's my pitch. Granted, this is a pitch coming from somebody 
who does not really want to watch a teen Starfleet Academy show, mm. this is the best thing I could think of. It's Starfleet Academy, because you talked about we're not sure what time it could take place in. So my yeah. pitch is uh, Starfleet Academy first class. Uh, the first, the actual first class of people to be graduates of Starfleet Academy. As we know, in Enterprise, Starfleet did not exist yet. Mm. And it's after the coming together of Starfleet. And your group of teens is literally, you get a human, you get a Vulcan, you get an Andorian, you get like a Tellarite. So you've got like different races and like they're coming together and working together for the first time. These are races that used to be at odds with one another, but are now, you know, doing at least the Star Trek thing where it's a family coming together, but you do it in the setting of a teen drama instead. You'll, you'll probably still have to have annoying teen stuff. Um, you know, the human will be a stupid teenager. The Vulcan will be infuriating because it's constantly the only logical mm-hmm. person in the group. And the Andorians and the Tellarites are at each other's throats. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of where it would work. But I think that's, like, not a half bad idea that I would at least give more than a decent shot at watching. Just because it's, it feels I probably like it would, be Star Trek-y. But it, it sounds... The problem is it just sounds all a bit nauseating, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Well, I don't want this... I don't really care for a Starfleet Academy show, to be honest. Well, I would. I mean, if you... I mean, this isn't going to be what happens, but it's a lovely idea. Is if you fast-forward to um, uh, when last we saw... Uh, uh, a slightly pointy spaceship arriving back in a Borg sphere. Um, we now know um, from that timeline that, well, first of all, we know the Academy still exists, which is useful. Um, we had Janeway teaching there and so on. And okay, that timeline's been rewritten. If we were talking about a, a sort of continuation of where we got up to chronologically in the Academy, that would be far more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, it would still perhaps be a bit teen drama and, and whatever, but I could see that, you know, that that could be fun. I think the idea of going, it, I mean, it, genuinely, it has to really be either at the very far end of the known time frame or at the very start. I think uh, you, you're right in terms of the fact that it's probably going to be the latter. I think it probably will be they probably really like first class. The, yeah, they really like going back to the beginning with these things. Yeah, and if I you mean, look at the other things, which I say we'll talk about in a minute, but the the other things on the table here that they're staying around about on the face of it the time of discovery so i think i think what would be awful would be if it were the academy literally contemporaneously with um uh with discovery because i i don't care i'm watching a new crew in the in the Mm -hmm. kind of in the main show i'm you know seeing new cadets in the form of uh, well newly commissioned now Tilly and so on I don't really care to see the academy at that stage I could be wrong but seeing um, Savage and Schwartz attached to it and seeing what they're known for I, I don't have a great feeling about that maybe we're way off base here and they just give us saved by the bell in space now yeah, that'd be think- fine except for like sort of space screech no yeah. one wants that <laughs> no. That could, that could actually be him now as well. Uh, so a couple of these are very vague, but there's, quote, a limited series whose plot details are being kept under wraps. Now, I believe this is the uh, limited series is the thing that uh, there are these r- rumors swirling that Patrick Stewart uh, mm. is in talks to return as Captain Picard for a limited series show. 
and let's just pretend possibly with um, Troy as well. Yeah, so let's just let's just pretend that that is what this is the limited series that they're vaguely talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would imagine that that is of course of interest to us because it's nostalgia with Patrick Stewart playing. Uh, Captain Picard, and... Can I just interrupt for a second and say, I do apologize to listeners well, if they can hear my washing machine, which appears to be taking off in the other room. <laughs> can you hear that? Can you hear that? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's Apologies. just extremely loud. I've got I've got headphones on and I can still hear it. Anyway, do carry on. <laughs> uh, I mean, so yeah, I think we'd both be pretty interested in this show, just for, just on nostalgia uh, alone, I think. We mm. would we would be interested, but you know what do you what do you what do you do with a Captain Picard limited series? I don't know because if Orville didn't exist, mm. then um, everyone would be far bigger into the nostalgia of seeing um, some continuation element of TNG. Mm-hmm. Um, but Orville does exist, so you can't make a modern mini series of next generation sort of nature. Um, also, I don't think that's where any of the people involved in this, including Kurtzman, are now. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know. I don't really know where you'd go, Picard. I mean, you're fairly restricted in terms of where he is temporarily. Although, of course, there are always ways around that. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always happy to see Jean-Luc Picard. Um, well, as we all know, he, you know, he's in the Nexus, and he never got out of that. And everything well, that indeed. happened afterwards is all just in his head. But yeah. other than that, uh, you know, maybe you do like a because look, they're not playing with like Disney money here. Where, like they're going to be able to DH Patrick Stewart mm. uh, like they do in those Marvel movies uh, to have him play like young Picard or younger Picard, I guess. Uh, I would imagine and Patrick something... Patrick Stewart is looking old now. Um, he's, he he's finally started to age. Yeah, he he turned up on um, there's a British uh, comedy panel show called Have I Got News for You, mm-hmm. uh, and he turned up on that um, a few weeks ago. And actually, I thought he was beginning to go senile, but um, I was reading somewhere else actually he might just have been a bit pissed. Um, <laughs> but he was beginning to look really quite old and a bit kind yeah. of bumbly. So he's you know, um, but then I you know. I would imagine like a Picard goes on one final mission type thing like they need him for something and it's like one final mission for captain picard i i could see that mm. i could i could see doing something like that but what that thing would be i don't know maybe it's something with the borg he's kind of like the borg expert sort of so but then if you were looking for a future expert on the borg you wouldn't go for picard you'd go for janeway surely of, these days of course of course you would but uh i mean she's you know although he's been borg so i suppose yeah I mean, they kind of have been as well, haven't they, a mm. little bit? I can't remember if Janeway uh, purposefully became a Borg once or not. I don't remember. Um, I know, like, Tuvok did, and I know Bolana yeah. did. I can't remember if Janeway was one of the people who purposefully became a Borg, even though, like, they were... Their connection was suppressed or something like that. They'd fooled them into thinking they were Borg. I don't remember, but... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, Unimatrix uh, Zero. Yes. Janeway, Torres, and Tuvok are all um, assimilated, aren't they? Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That would be about the best I can think of. 
mm-hmm. mean, I, I maybe it, maybe it'll turn into some sort of TNG reunion. I don't know, but mm. I'm I'm interested, but I have no idea what they could be doing. No, likewise. Uh, okay, a limited series based around the Wrath of Khan story. Mm. Uh, I've I mean, so there are. To be honest, the only thing I would actually be kind of remotely interested in is something based off of the books that found like a clever way to make the whole eugenics wars fit into yeah. our modern history. I uh, think that's probably what they're going for here. That took a lot of work for them to find a way to like, you know, cover for like the eugenics wars in like happening in the 90s by, you know, describing them as like you know, black ops things that were under the radar and like false. I think that's and... the purpose of, of this particular limited series. I think it's designed entirely to, um, to, to smooth over the rough edges of that. Yes. Uh, would that be something you would want to watch? I have, uh, do you know, obviously Wrath of Khan, um, we know where that stands in the rankings and, mm-hmm. and that's okay. In terms of, uh, into darkness i was less than enthusiastic about bringing Khan back but all right we've done it i think maybe Khan Noonien singh needs to just kind of be let lie now um if we don't see Khan, but we do have a story based around the eugenics wars so be it but I, I don't know if it's necessary i think there are more interesting kind of big picture subplots i'd rather look at but um right. if they put this to bed finally through doing it so be it uh, the, the casting, just, the casting of Khan, if if he is in it, is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, this sort of just boils down to like a Batman and the Joker thing, where I think they just feel like Khan is Joker. Uh, but Khan, Khan is in danger of becoming the um, broken string of pearls scene again if we're not careful. Right. I mean, I don't like. I think Benedict Cumberbatch played a great Khan. I liked him in that movie, and I really liked Star Trek Into Darkness. I actually like it more than I like Wrath of Khan, but the, uh, like, he's not as, Khan is not as interesting a character as the Joker is. No. It's I wonder if, like, they, if they go, if they do bring Khan himself back, I wonder if, because the original uh, Ricardo Montalban um, Khan, it mm. is really quite rapey, and, mm-hmm. like, there is a whole really other dark side of him that actually they kind of let go in into darkness. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he's a villain in all sorts of ways in into darkness, but yes, they, they'd left aside the really, really creepy, creepy aspects of his character. <laughs> yes. So do you know what, if they're going to tackle it and they're going to, and we're going to have Khan, I want to see a really, really creepy Khan. I think, you know, I wonder, I wonder if that is, I wonder if we could, you know, if only we could go back in time and watch it and do a podcast back in the sixties. Whether it would have seemed as creepy then. When yeah, well I'm wondering like if the idea was that he was supposed to come off as smooth and suave and now it's it comes such off a fine as line rapey. between smooth and suave and rapey, isn't there? <laughs> I guess there is. Because um, I think maybe that's what they were supposed to be going for. Like he's a ladies' man and it's like yeah, qu- nah, he seems the, pretty rapey. Well, I was about to say that yeah, but the sort of the sexual contact in that is very grabby and quite you know there's a violent yeah. tone to it which i don't think even then was particularly sexy i don't know i well who knows uh, it's interesting actually i'll have to go back and have a look if i can find any old press from around then discussing it because mm-hmm. 
Um, there may well have been. If you know, send an email or an answer on a postcard or something. To cinemageekly at gmail.com. Send your postcards. <laughs> take a picture of the postcard. and We're going to get a load of chip jabs now. <laughs> uh, and the final thing they note here, an animated series whose plot details are being kept under wraps. This will make a lot of people excited because there's a lot of people who really like that Star Trek the Animated Series. I am not one of those people, but... Yeah. There are some people who really like it and some people who have for a long time said we should bring animation back to Star Trek. I don't disagree. I think it's a pretty good idea, actually. And anything that I can use as an insidious tool to make my younger child fall in love with Star Trek, I will use that tool, Ben. So That's, I think that may be CBS's plan as well. <laughs> yeah, it might also um, be an insidious tool to get the, younger fans into Star, Star Trek. I guess the interesting thing about this is that um, if they're doing an animated series, there's a reasonable chance that that's where we'll start seeing the voice talents of original series people still. Indeed, Frakes, he comes yeah. back, all those all those people. Look, if <laughs> if they do some sort of anime, because I know they're never going to do this live action, if they do some sort of, like, uh, animated, like, Avengers Star Trek show where you get, like, Voyager mm. and Next Gen and, like, all DS9, all these crews, like, come together... Uh, that sort of thing. Like, Ben Sisko still has... As far as we know, he never came back. Like, the end of that show, like, he's stuck with the wormhole aliens, never yeah. to be seen again. Like, he's like, I'll be back someday. They can do some sort of animated thing where they have to rescue him, and all of these crews have to come together and work together. They're, some shit happens. You can do that animated way easier than you could doing it live action. And presumably they wouldn't animate him, you know, even remotely as maniacal as he is towards the end of uh, DS9, so that would be a good thing too. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, I would, I mean, look, that's just getting my hopes up, because I know that's probably not what they're doing here, but I would love if they did something like that. And, as you noted, doing it in an animated way, you know, people have been clamoring for years, bring back Voyager stuff, bring back Deep mm -hmm. Space Nine stuff, bring back the next-gen guys. And they're all a lot older now. But there's uh, a lot of talk at the minute, isn't there, about... Um, I, I noticed that Kate Mulgrew and... Um, oh, her name's gone out of my head. Seven. Um, Jerry Ryan. Yeah, Jerry Ryan, thank you. Um, there's been quite a lot of talk about the fact that they seem to have buried the hatchet finally as mm. a result of um, poor old Harry Kim having a big old teary meltdown on stage at a Comic-Con. Um, yeah. But uh, they've both pretty much said that they're, you know, well, not friends, but they've, they've buried the hatchet. So maybe that's been encouraged by someone. Maybe it's perhaps a build-up to them doing something else. Who knows? But it would be nice, perhaps. I and mean, also, if you're worried about, you know, clash of personalities and yet you want people to revive these characters, the best way of doing that is an animated show where yes. no one's in the same studio. Yeah, and better yet, animation is cool now. The animation for that old Star Trek cartoon is ah. awful. Well, on that point, though, if they are going to do an animated series of Star Trek, mm -hmm. it better not be cheap Japanese crap animation. I've had it up to here with manga-style Japanese animation. Just stop it with Jerry the anime. You don't want Seven of Nine with gigantic eyes? Well, she'll have gigantic eyes and she'll look about seven. Yeah, um, yeah we, don't, we don't want that. We do not want this. But look, so, I'd be happy if they did something akin to uh, the Clone Wars, the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, Yep, thing. absolutely. That's a very well-animated show. Uh, yeah. I would, I would like to see something like that for sure. 
And as you noted, they can make the actors look as young as they ever did. They um, they just need to lend the voices. Um, it's a Do you reckon that we'll cheaper. finally get that crossover from the comic book? Where yeah. we have the original series Star Trek crew, or um, sorry, the original series Star Trek crew with Tom Baker as the <laughs> Doctor. Well, I mean, so much of the original series crew would have to be like recast. But yeah, okay. Well, they did Next Gen with um, which Doctor was in the Next Gen story? I can't remember. Was it Matt Smith? I think it was, wasn't it? I believe it was. Yes, yeah. where it was like Matt Smith and Picard versus the Borg and the Cybermen, like an attack. Absolutely. Attack. Let's have some of that. If you're going to animate, then think big, people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You got to. You have to work that out with BBC and CBS. Uh, will they'd have to come they'd be all over that. They'd be all over it. A good chance to to cross contaminate or cross pollinate. Contaminate sounds like you're ruining it. That that's not what we're <laughs> aiming for. Here. And then it's National Broadcasting Corporation. So come on, give me yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, so overall, are you excited that Star Trek TV is expanding? Yeah, I am. I, I hope that if, I mean, it, lo- it looks a bit scattergun, it looks a bit kind of, oh, we're going to try this, we're trying this. To be fair, we've never really seen a Star Trek series, um, completely fail. I mean, even, I mean, Enterprise got close to it, but eh, it pulled its ass out of the fire right at the yeah. end. Not not quickly enough, but it still survived yeah. it. And um, I think if you make four seasons, you're not a complete failure. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the one I'm most worried about in terms of, I just have a horrible feeling it's going to be garbage, is Starfleet Academy. And that's so disappointing, but eh, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? It'll be tough. Uh, it depends yeah. on what the concept is, of course. True. Uh, we're, just, we're just looking at it like these people did CW stuff. They did Marvel's Runaways. It's going to be a CW-esque teen, you know, school space move, or space show, so uh, it might not be that, though, so we shall see. It totally is, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although somebody did point out, of course, that Stephanie Savage, um, I, I'm not entirely sure there's much of a difference, but of course, um, what do you call it? Uh, Charlie's Angels, I can't remember, what was it? Full like Throttle? Full Throttle, that one? Yeah. yeah. Weren't they involved in Chuck as well? They may have been. I've never seen Chuck, but I, I know people the back of my brain. I think they were. I know there was the AC and so on, but I, th- I thought one or other of them was involved in Chuck. And if that's true, that's okay. I like Chuck. I've heard good things. I know people who swear by the show. I haven't watched it, but I know people who swear by it. So it's one of those things that one of these days I'll get around to watching. Yeah, that's uh, fun. The uh, let, well, let's catch up to more recent times. Just a couple of days ago was the end of San Diego Comic Con 2018, and. There was actually a lot of Star Trek stuff that got announced, more than a trailer, which I was expecting a trailer. I wasn't expecting a trailer that had so much in it, Mm. but they gave us a trailer with a lot in it. Uh, Before we talk about the Season 2 trailer, though, we should probably talk about some of the other things that were announced, like uh, Season 2 is going to start, they said, early 2019, which probably means january-ish late january early february i'm gonna go ahead and at the minute they've got a late january uh Mm. penciled in for it as i understand it and they said in order to tide people over between seasons one and season two sometime in the fall they are going to deliver mini episodes which are called short treks i guess yeah yeah short treks uh, they're going to. There will be four of these episodes, which will run 
in between 10 and 15 minutes, presumably on the CBS All Access app and presumably on Netflix as well. One would hope so. Uh, the answer, by the way, to the immediate question is, will you be covering these? We probably will, but probably after they're all released. Yeah. Because there might not be much of a point to come in and review a 10-minute short film. Um, but uh, they will, according to The Hollywood Reporter, they said that these will feature deeper storytelling surrounding characters and themes from Discovery and expanding the universe. Uh, Rain Wilson will return to reprise his role as Harry Mudd in a short that he will also be directing. Mm -hmm. uh, Aldous Hodge uh, from Hidden Figures will uh, star in another installment as a character named Kraft, a man who finds himself the only human aboard a deserted ship. Additional episodes will explore Saru's backstory as the first Kelpian to join Starfleet, and Tilly's journey aboard the Discovery and her friendship with an unlikely partner. So, these all sound like fun little things. Yeah. I, I, those who saw the trailer, which I'm guessing if you're listening to the show, you must have heard the trailer, must have seen the trailer. Yeah, um, if not, hit pause and then go watch it and then come back. Yeah. Um, hi, welcome back, pause person. Uh, right, so, <laughs> there's, there's about to be one. Uh, right, at the end of that trailer, there is a very silly bit of sort of slapsticky type humor, um, which, yeah. okay. Now, the reason I mention it is, um, what I don't really want in these mini episodes is for them to be um, kind of comedy shorts. They ten fifteen minutes is longer than that sounds, if you like. So mm -hmm. ten fifteen minutes to actually do something that drives stuff forward would be great. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm really happy that they are considering the fan point of view here because they're saying it's going to take them so long to do the visuals and post production. That's fine, but if that's the case. Um, don't you know? Don't piss away these ten fifteen minutes. Do something with them that's worthwhile, or don't do them at all. So, if it just turns out to be the Tilly one in particular, you can see that it might be a little bit of fun, everything else, and mm -hmm. that's great. But the Harry Mud one unlikely will be something goofy. I'm almost considering not watching that one, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, so I'm, I'm just hoping as long as they don't do something too daft, then I'm then I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Let's talk about the trailer, I guess, real quick before we talk about some of the other things. Mm -hmm. uh, what were your impressions on the trailer? The much longer than I expected trailer, well, which yeah. was like two, two and a half minutes yeah. of footage. Yeah, um, so it's... Well, that was the first thing, wasn't it? It's the fact that it is such a long trailer for a, for a first look trailer. Um, there, there was the usual kind of mess in terms of actually getting to watch it because I think they didn't release all the different region versions of it simultaneously so CBS, no, CB, CBS was the first one that came out and people in Canada couldn't watch it until the one from Space Channel came out and then and Netflix had to release theirs and yes. yeah which was a bit annoying but um, it's 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 exciting it's I, there's something been slightly tweaked in the aesthetic other than obviously the arrival of the Enterprise uniform which looks fantastic by the way mm -hmm. um, the there's something they've tweaked in the aesthetic in the trailer, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but everything looks slightly more um, more colourful generally. Everything's slightly less dark, and I wonder if that's because we're stepping out of the um, the sort of sinister Season 1 discovery into something a bit more... A brighter Starfleet-y... Yeah. Um, so there's, there's something there. Um, 
also, uh, somebody pointed out, and I'm just seeing if I can find any evidence of it, actually. Someone was saying that the Discovery badge has been redesigned for Season 2. And actually, now I look at it, yeah, I think the the kind of line down the side of the actual badge seems to have disappeared. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. I didn't reckon... I didn't spot in the trailer whether when the logo appears it's still got the line down the side or not but they've they're obviously making some tweaks to the aesthetic of it and and it looks good it looks it looks far bolder it's brighter the effects um in season one were excellent in fact if you if you've forgotten how good they were go back and watch it again they're excellent um and there seems to be more of that in uh, in this trailer in terms of the content there's an awful lot of sort of teaser type content in terms of you could hazard a guess who it is that um uh, that Burnham's looking at um, coming out of that sort of vortexy type thing and mm. what have you, and I'm not even get drawn. I'm not getting drawn into this nonsense. However, um, yeah, there's lots in there. The, the 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 temptation is to talk about Spock here, of course, but um, I, I I don't know. I, I reckon they might be trolling us very slightly here. So I know we're going to obviously have various references to Spock, and it, it, the episode clearly is going to be about the relationship or to some extent about the relationship between Burnham and her foster brother but um, I, I don't think that's going to be as big a, a big an issue as perhaps the talk is at the moment because we know now that that's not how these, these guys play with us right. they don't put everything out there um, when Discovery Season 1 started there are a few clues and when you look back now and see the Discovery first poster from season one um quite a few of those clues were right there for us to see weren't they yes. um i don't think they're putting everything on the table here at all um the weird thing is anson mount when i heard that he was going to be pike i was surprised i think might be the best way of putting it it wasn't an obvious casting choice for me um but he looks apart i think yeah he's not a clone of jeffrey hunter no but he looks very much like him in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. he definitely does fit the part and it was very nice because like when they said him i'm like you know, the 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 lead from hell on wheels that guy mm-hmm. and it was it's always a joy to find out when people like this get cast in the show to find out that they're massive fans of yeah. the show and like he let his inner trek nerd just go flying when like the announcement was finally made yeah. And yeah, he seems like a gargantuan fan of the show. And uh, I remember seeing an interview where he uh, openly admits to badgering Cole Meany, who was also on Hell on Wheels, about like, what was it like to be on Star Trek? <laughs> so uh, he's he's a big fan. And that's always like a cool thing to find out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he seemed, you know, good in the trailer. So uh We'll see. I think there's like some interview where he discusses how many episodes he's in, which may or may not be accurate. I didn't read it because I don't want to. That's like those are things that I don't want to know too much about. Like I don't want to be watching the show and being, you know, realize what episode number I'm on and like, oh, his his mm, use in the one. show is coming to an end or something. You know, I yeah. I don't want to know exactly when the stories might start tailing off. So. I, that stuff I'm not interested in finding out at the moment. He may not even be honest. He might be. Mm-hmm. He may have been coy in his answer or something. I don't know. But uh, he seems like a good choice. I liked. Uh, they they showed a little bit of what I thought was good humor in the trailer, and then at the end they tagged it with something that I 
didn't think was funny at all. So I hope we don't get anything like that frequently. Uh, So I thought like 99, uh, like the, the comedy bit that I thought was, was hilarious was when they're clearly flying through some sort of asteroid field or whatever. And Burnham Mm -hmm. reassures Pike that, you know, don't worry, we've got your back. And she's like, right, right, ladies? girls. And they show yeah. the girls on the bridge are like, uh, yeah. Like, they're like, <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, let's make sure he doesn't die. Uh, you know, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Linus, the Saurian, the Saurian, like yeah. Saurian Brandy, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, he's a new character. The makeup and the makeup and stuff looks fantastic. And uh, his appearance in this trailer was he's got a cold and he sneezes boogery stuff on some blue shirt guy. And some some blue shirt guy? You mean uh, uh, Lieutenant Connolly? Is that his name? Played by Sean Affleck, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ran- random information for you. There you go. Well, thank you. Uh, he gets sneezed on and uh, that's, I guess, supposed to be a ha-ha. But... Yeah. That's just that kind of thing isn't my thing. So I was about to say, do you know what? I did that didn't even remotely hit the chuckle button with me at all. I just sort of watched it. Went, yeah, right. I I I don't know whether. Oh man, my seven year old will laugh really hard at that. Well, I was going going to ask, like, um, have you watched this trailer with with kids present? I have. Well, with my with my older daughter. Okay. because she watched uh, various chunks of Discovery with me. And she, I remember you saying, yeah. Uh, she likes it. In fact, that started her on a kick of watching Next Gen, and she's like 11 episodes into the first season. Oh, nice. I think. Um, I'm like, well, that's a good show to watch. Do, mm-hmm. do that. Uh, and uh, she thought nothing of this sneeze. So mm-hmm. I think her response was, oh. Yeah. So she's like, hey, what's that guy's deal? And then I'm like, I don't know, he's a new character. And then he sneezes on a guy. And he's, she's like, oh, he's the comedy. Which hopefully is not his character. <laughs> hopefully he's not the Keenzer of this uh, this series where Scotty's constantly yelling at him to not sneeze on the warp coils or something because <laughs> the ship will explode. I'm hoping he'll just be a really unpleasant, irritable bastard. Yeah. Because I don't think that would be funnier now. If the first time we met him was that, that uh, and he turns funny. out just, just to dick. be absolutely vile or something, yeah, yeah, he doesn't. That'd he doesn't excuse. He doesn't excuse himself. No, he's just, just a dick. Yeah, it does. There does seem to be a slightly a, a degree of malice portrayed in his face. I notice as he does the uh, the sneeze. Maybe. Yeah, we could be reading. We could be projecting our hopes onto this character. Imagine that Star Trek fans reading too much into trailers, eh? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, that's a first for everything. Bad. I notice um, Rachel Anchorill is also in that trailer. Um, she, oh, if people watched uh, Why Not Earp or um, the TV series of Taken, or I know uh, of Why Not Earp. Yeah, uh, or she, it, but... she is in that as. Um, Greta, I think. Anyway, she's she's a new character in this called uh, Lieutenant Nan. And she's so, got the uh, she's got the the skirt. The, the she does the skirt look. Yeah, yeah. I well, I do you know? I really like the the Enterprise uniform that's appearing here. But it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with the explanation because on in that um, in that lift you've got uh, three Discovery uniforms. 
and then you've got i presume it's the purpose of that shot actually is to give you the the, the blue gold and red um enterprise uniforms and they're looking good um they look very good yeah they really do uh and also at some point in the trailer pike is seen wearing one of discovery style uniforms yeah uh as well um so overall i would say a pretty good showing and I'm pretty excited for the second season uh, now on to the panel itself that they had, cause they showed the trailer and then they did a uh, panel and you, I think you can watch like the whole panel on mm-hmm. YouTube. They've the official Star Trek account has uploaded it, but, uh, the first, I think the first thing they did was talk about, uh, January for the show and the short tracks. Yeah. Uh, but then before anybody even had a chance to answer questions, they noted that, Spock is referenced and then name dropped a couple of times in the trailer and Alex Kurtzman assured everybody that Spock will appear in the show. Yeah. So there will be a Spock. Um, also of, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who they cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my daughter was insistent that they get Zachary Quinto to do it. I'm kind of with her, her on that. Because for her, that's Spock. Well, so. I, that, but I, th- I think she's got a point because mm. um, I, I, it seems weird. I mean, he's, he's, I'm sure he's busy, but he's not mm. so busy that, you know, he's beyond doing um, a couple of days shoot, a couple of days like shoot in what is a big show. I mean, it, mm. we're, only, we're only at the start of season two, but this show is, is not going anywhere in terms of, you know, this isn't going to go bump in the night um, discovery. Mm. It's here for a while, I think. Um, well, I hope he's happy. We just got him a gig. So yeah, absolutely. I, I would very much like to see him do that. I think it's something that a lot of TV um, networks and movie studios and actors shy away from too much. Is you know reprising characters uh, or, or rather their, their their particular portrayals of them uh, across different uh, iterations of stuff. And I know some of that will be down to legal issues, but I can't yeah. imagine it would be here. I mean, the movies are licensed from. Uh, uh, CBS. from CBS anyway so that would be really good and I, I just hope he doesn't think of himself as beyond doing it but of course he hasn't been back to Horror Story for a while either so mm, who knows Yeah. Um, so Spock is confirmed and I think we're all pretty uh, pretty happy about that now of course we've also got um, we, we noted that Pike is going to feature heavily now, one thing that they did not show us, they went out of their way in this two and a half minutes to not show us one glimpse of the Enterprise outside of exteriors. We still have no idea what the interior of the Enterprise looks like. As far yeah. as I know, all of the interior shots on spaceships were of Discovery. Uh, I think that's I correct. Yeah, I, I, so I went we, back and rewatched it for that very reason. Yeah. So, so we still don't know why, or not why, we still don't know what it looks like on the interior. So mm-hmm. that's something they have kept from us. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe they're going to really surprise us and it's going to look very familiar but new, which is well, what I want. I want I, familiar but new. I think that's pretty much... Uh, there was a sort of slight allusion to it in um, uh, in um, <sighs> Pike actor. I've already forgot. Sorry, my brain is not functioning. Anson properly. Mount. Thank you very much. I'm struggling I'll never, today. I'll never forget it because to me it sounds like a porn name. So, Ooh, I, oh, wow, now that's stuck in my brain. Um, <laughs> but he he was saying that you know he was watching Star Trek as a kid when it was syndicated, and then yeah. um, he uh, you know they were playing uh, playing 
Star Trek games as kids and so on. And then, you know, then saying stepping onto that bridge. And I did just wonder whether, because the thing is, if, I mean, if I were to step, I, I've stepped onto a few um, Starfleet bridges, but if I were to step onto that bridge, that I think just the way he said it made me think that he, there must have been something really very familiar about the Enterprise bridge. Again, I may be reading something too, too much in it, but the, the sheer nostalgia of the way he explained that suggested to me that we will see something very familiar here. It, it'll be lit differently. The screens sure. will all probably be touchscreens, but... Um, the buttons know, the may chair, even be actual buttons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the chair looks kind of like the chair or the layout is familiar, yeah, like any of that stuff will probably be evocative. If it's at all colorful in any way. Yeah. I'd have to imagine it is. Like, look how colorful the uniforms are. It would look really weird if they've got these bright colors mm. and their bridge is just a really dark, dank, gritty bridge. Yeah, I think really so. really strange. Uh, but we talked about Pike, and Pike is, of course, evocative of the cage, which was the original pilot. And you can't do that without having number one, which was originally played by Major Barrett Roddenberry. And... Number one is going to be in the show, uh, for how much I don't know, but she's being played by Rebecca Romaine, the original OG Mystique from the X-Men movies. Which is an excellent choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty caught off guard, actually, by that. I thought that was a very good choice, and a cool one, one that I was not expecting. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. So I hadn't seen that anywhere, um, uh, that, that she was uh, going to be cast in this role, and... She wasn't on the panel, unfortunately, because she was doing uh, the panel for, or in fact, she was doing press rather for Death of Superman, the DC animated movie. But um, it's, I, I just think that's a fantastic choice. I really, I'm really quite excited to see her in this. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's a they, massive Star Trek nerd as well, which is helpful. Yeah, uh, she wasn't at the panel, but she tweeted out a picture where. She is clearly, it's only her hands, she's holding the badge, mm. but you can also see that she's wearing the gold uniform and stuff. You can see it, like, on her wrist or whatever, and yeah. she said that she was very honored to play uh, a character who was originally played by the First Lady of Star Trek, so that's really cool. On to some question things. Uh, season 2, Ben, mm. Kurtzman says, in quotations here, guaranteed to answer canon questions. Mm. He says, we owe you a lot of answers, how Discovery connects to canon, and you will get a lot of those answers this season, guaranteed. Now, of course, because this is Alex Kurtzman we're talking about, Mm. he then follows with, you're not going to get them the way you expect them. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the... uh, a lot of the first season was about the crew finding each other and coming together and forming the foundation of a family. Now they are a family, and so much of what will happen in the course of season two is going to test them constantly. And they're even going to make some choices. See, this has nothing to do with canon. No. So a lot of the families were planning, as you may have seen in the trailer, there are some mysterious signals that appear. The signals are very significant for them to investigate the trailing enterprises here and where they're heading, and it'll lead to a lot of surprises. Uh, but basically, he's... So he doesn't specify what parts of the, like, what canon questions they are answering. Mm-hmm. He just says that you have a lot of, like, how does it connect? Um, some of these questions aren't how does it connect. Mm. Some of it is, like, not necessarily connect, but how does it make sense? Yeah. 
uh, a lot of it is that. Like, how do these Klingons make sense? Like, somebody did try saying, like, look, uh, this is what the Klingons look like if they don't have hair. Now, they did, like, mess with the makeup a little bit to make them look Mm. wetter or thicker or something. I don't know. But I've been watching a lot of DS9, and there's a shit ton of Klingons on that show. (laughs) And I keep staring at them, looking at their heads. I'm like, if you removed the hair from these people, their heads would not protrude out super far, like say Lorel's does like mm. she's got one of those like elongated skulls and things like that. Um, they would not look like that without hair. I don't know if they're ever going to answer this. They probably I, aren't. I, mm, I don't know if you, you remember it still, it still bothers my brain. Yeah. Although the last, uh, the last time we did um, one of these podcasts, the, in fact, it was a few episodes ago, uh, we were talking about the fact that someone had taken um, a load of stills of the Klingons from Discovery and had drawn on hair on top of them, and they do look exactly like the Klingons that we're more familiar with, the sort of TNG onwards Klingons. So I'm not going to get too hung up about it, although I noticed that there there's a talk of, uh, in the panel, in fact, about shifting the aesthetic a little bit of the Klingons in terms of their clothing and so on. Mm-hmm. Um because uh, um, Laurel is um, obviously becomes uh, chancellor and has uh, a very different type of appearance and so on. And she was talking about enjoying that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Laurel is going to be bringing about some change within the Empire, I think, and that may be the source of some of the explanations we're looking for in terms of the Klingons. Yeah. Uh, they uh, confirmed that uh, Wilson Cruz is going to be back in this season. Yay. So Colmitz is not dead. Uh, his, God. his, his, well, I mean, they, they have to have a ship name, Ben. Yeah. Uh, it's 2018. What are you talking about here? I uh, still blame Shamey. <laughs> so his, his actual quote here is I'll be back. I won't be telling you how, but you know, we're still reveling in the fact that this gay love has not only saved the world, but the universe all of the universes, so you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm happy he's coming back. They were a great couple. I don't know what they're doing here, but I can't imagine he's like sitting in on the panel and he's not going to somehow, in some way, return in physical form and not like a ghost or a flashback or a memory or something. Like, you know, like that's the role for people who make, you know, sporadic appearances. This panel. This panel was people who are absolutely fully um, still in this project. And so seeing Shazad Latif in there as well um, made me smile. Uh, It is because if it were, you know, if it were any other type of panel, there are other people who would have been on it, Um, namely uh, a certain absent emperor and a certain absent um, prime universe captain. Um, So, you know, this is... I, I get the impression that what we're seeing there is full bridge crew of Discovery for a full season. Um, how they deal with bringing Culver back into that, I don't know. But um, yeah, he's he's going to be part and parcel of this. I'm I'm really quite confident. Interesting to see how they do it, but I don't know. I trust them. I think at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they mentioned that they'll go visit the Kelpian homeworld stuff like that. Not just in the shorts, but in the season. Yeah. Uh, all together. So now, could that uh, be? What, what's the great big space monster in the trailer then? 
because there are a number of times where it looks like they're flying through debris or cloud, and if you look carefully, it's got a hand. I'm not sure. I actually did not look that closely. I didn't see that, so... Mm. Uh, I mean, it does seem whatever this thing is with the lights. Uh, how many lights do you see? Oh, I think yeah. there, there are four lights. Uh, maybe <laughs> there are five lights. Maybe they said five in the in the. Uh, I think trailer. they said there were seven in the trailer, didn't they? Oh, maybe they, maybe they did. Yeah. Uh, you know, that sounds like whatever that is is going to be the arc for the season. It, it certainly sounds more. Uh, it sounds. It certainly sounds more Star Trekky than like. The Klingons want to start a war, and we have to stop the war. This is like some unknown space thingy that's doing an unknown space thing. Is it good? Is it bad? We don't know. We should find out. And it may or may uh, not be something to do with Spock, who needs our help. Yeah, he's uh, he's on sabbatical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's investigating this. You know, like how Viger will speak to him later on. Mm-hmm. Uh there's uh, more season two bits they note here, but these are all just little tiny things. Uh, Anthony Rapp teased the crowd by saying that there will be fun stuff with red shirts this year. I guess you got to do it, I guess. Well, then uh, now they've got the red shirts. You better kill some of them. Yep. <laughs> now <laughs> everyone's going to be mad now. It's like, look, we were all wearing blue before. Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're going to get pissed uh, if you suddenly go back and realize you've been given a new style of uniform, aren't you? Yeah. I see what you're um, doing. I don't know if Kurtzman really understands the canon here. He's, Kurtzman was asked about Easter eggs. He says, yes, there definitely will be. Obviously, we're syncing up canon here, so you'll see quite a few. Mm. Uh, I mean, just showing things that exist in canon doesn't necessarily tie your show to it. No, but I, 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 I get I, what he means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to me it would just make the show feel weirder. Uh, but, you know, again... We've discussed this before. This is really more of a me problem and a, like my headspace problem, where it needs to make sense in my brain. And if it doesn't, you well, know, like Kurt, I'm one Kurtzman of those... has promised you that he's going to fix that for you. So he's he's that's what he's saying. Uh, like I'm one of those people who are so happy that they explained why Cleons don't have ridges. <laughs> Somebody was like, "Oh no, they just ruined it." it was a good joke in that Deep Space Nine episode, and they they had to ruin it. I'm like, well, you know, maybe it ruined it for you, but for me. Like, all it did was pose a question that I'm like, this has to be answered. Mm. Why is it not answered? What's the answer to this question? And then so they answered it, and I'm like, oh, thank you for answering <laughs> it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who needs his questions answered. Uh, so pretty, <laughs> I'll be happy if they're like, well, this is why the Klingons look like this right now, and here's a bunch of Klingons that look like the normal Klingons that you're used to from the movies and television shows. And I'll be like, oh, thank you so much. Um, you know, then I'll be, then I'll be happy. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we also, this, the panel was hosted by Tig Nataro, who is, uh, aside from being pretty funny is I think playing the discovery's chief engineer whom. Yeah. Chief engineer Reno. Apparently she's been there the whole time. We just yep. didn't know. Yeah. So <laughs> she was busy doing math things and no one bothered asking. Um, yes, but now she's back. Odd that she was never kicking around working with Stamets, but, you know, these things happen. <laughs> yeah, other than that. Yeah. Uh, an audience member did ask Kurtzman if we're going to see Federation Lorca, and his answer was, uh, maybe. Well, he's going to be the tease into season three, isn't he? I would imagine. Oh, maybe. Like, he shows up. Yeah, at the very end of season been? two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of all the Star Trek stuff, Ben, but... 
before we go, did you watch the trailer for season two of Orville? I did. So, I mean, it's possible. I only watched it once. It's a so big it's trailer. It is. It's it's fairly long. Uh, the show is also coming back this year. Apparently so. Yeah, that surprised me back, a bit. I think it's coming back end of 2018, and it's about three and a half minutes long. It is. And when I I've only watched this once, and then when I sent it to you, I believe I included the phraseology that I found it uh, interesting or mm. uh, something. Yeah. Um, I'm going to find your note now. But... I see. Weirdly enough, this is because um, I had to play catch up before we started this recording uh, with just a few of the bits from the uh, from the con. But um, there you go. You said an interesting trailer for Orville season two. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd watched the Orville trailer literally as soon as it dropped. Actually, uh, which do you know I'd... what I found? Do you know what I? F- do you think you know what I found interesting about it? No, go ahead. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's only because I watched it once when it popped up, mm-hmm. and I haven't watched it a second time, and it's possible I'm forgetting things, but it felt like this trailer, at least this footage, was relying way, way, way less on humor. Oh, yes. I had exactly like there, the same thought, yeah. Like, there was some humor in it, but it was much more low-key, and it focused way more on action and exploration and but- moments that seemed like... Dramatic. This is what we. Like this that. is what we said all the way through the last series of, of this podcast, though, when we were talking about the Orville. Is that mm-hmm. um, Seth MacFarlane, who is an insane Star Trek fan, um, yeah. wanted to make, relive, extend, whatever the next generation, because that was his Star Trek. Um, and in order, oh, Alexa would like to do that too. Apparently, um, <laughs> thank you, Alexa. Uh, she she's a season runner for season three now. Uh, no, so he uh, he got it commissioned. Oh, God, she's going again. Um, he got it commissioned by saying, family guy in space. Um, yeah. And already, sort of two, three episodes in, you could see it was being dialed down and down and down and down. And this trailer looks like a... It looks like what would happen if you made TNG with modern effects. Um, yeah. They've got to keep the humor in there to keep it running because that was the deal. Um, but no, this looks yeah. like a viable sci-fi show in its own right. Just a far more light-hearted one than um, than Star Trek is currently treating us yeah. to. But we said this last last year. It, it it's like they are brilliantly complementary to each other. Um, yeah. Especially seeing as Discovery feels so or felt so uncertain, unfamiliar, and kind of and and dark. It, mm. it was the antidote to watch the, you know, frothy, at times utterly silly um, Orville. And now Discovery looks like it might be clawing its way out of the really dark and into something slightly more familiar. Just as it's doing that, Orville's dialing back the silly humor and is putting itself on a, on a more kind of um, sci-fi rather than comedy uh, sort of footing. I, I'm really looking forward to the new season of the Orville. It, it looks Same. brilliant. And the budget increase on that show... Just from that trailer, the the effects budget is is significant compared to the first season. Someone yeah, they've been investing really nice. in it. Yeah, it looks excellent. Yeah, yeah. this is um, kind of like my like one of my low key favorite shows. It's, mm-hmm. it's like not the one that I get to talk about most frequently or have a podcast discussing regularly. I mean, we, we would allot a little bit of time to be like, oh, the episode of the Orville was pretty fun this week. What did you think, Ben? I agree. Okay, next week on Discovery. Um, so 
we it kind of goes under the table a little bit in how much I get to talk about it, but uh, yeah, and there there were some things about the first season of the Orville, like jokes that didn't really land or stuff that yeah. I thought was maybe a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh. Just going in in a comedy direction, but in a lot of ways, it felt like The Office or Mash in space. And Mash in space is something I've heard someone else say about it actually for last season as well. Yeah, yeah, where you've got uh, where you've got you know jokes to cut through the seriousness mm. uh, of everything because if you didn't joke about it, you know you'd lose your you know if you didn't have time to joke about it you'd lose your mind or you know you know what? Like i'm going to rewatch the orville very soon i've just i've just decided that as you were saying that i'm going to rewatch I it i mean it it's very much like uh to me it feels like what star trek is like in between the episodes like, what do you do what do you do to cut down on the monotony of like not having a crazy adventure every week <laughs> uh that sort of thing and you get like those little moments where they're just sitting at the con and they're just making a joke about something or, you know, or it's not necessarily like the thing between episodes. Cause obviously they go on adventures as well, but like, it feels like the jokes are like the scenes that are in between the scenes in like serious episodes. That De- death star canteen. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't get like, uh, you know, you know, data and Wesley were cracking jokes about like somebody they were talking to on the screen, but you know, you don't, you don't get to see that. They cut that out of the episode. Uh, here we get to see them make fun of the, you know, did you see that dog that was licking itself? That's all I could pay attention to. Like, you know, there's moments like that, but, uh, Star Trek is not a silly show, so they don't film those. There's not enough, I've always thought there's not enough, like, petty workplace bitchiness in (laughs) sci-fi. So, um... Everybody just seems so happy to be there. So, you know, so I was doing, doing paperwork this morning, yeah. Um, it would have been a lot easier if it hadn't been for, for Sheila. Oh, what's she been doing now? Well... Couldn't find a stapler, could I? Looked around everywhere, not a stapler in sight. Guess where it was? Oh, God, where was it? It were in top drawer. All right. <laughs> Locked in top drawer. I mean, I don't know who she thinks she is. Stapler's rare for everyone. They're not hers. She put, I mean, I she put a name the... on it in Tipex, though, don't mind. Mm. I, I could have used no the replicator, but that's... I could have used the replicator, but that's three decks down. I have to get this handed in to the captain in 25 minutes. Mm, mind you, she doesn't mind delaying things when she's handing it in to the captain, does she? Does she? But, of course, that's their <laughs> special relationship. Mm. I mean, I'm not one for gossip. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there should be a <laughs> lot more of that the... in science fiction. <laughs> but you didn't hear that from me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I... Yeah, this, I mean, but that's kind of like what it is a little bit. Uh, it's sort of like the, you know, these are the guys who don't get the superstar job on the Federation flagship. Mm. They're like on the B or the C level. I mean, these are like the guys who get stuck on like the, uh, on like the old, uh, like the older, like the Excelsior class ships, you know, the ones that are like, should be out of like, you know, put into mothballs, but you know, the fleet hasn't built enough new ships yet, so you're stuck serving on this old bucket. Uh, you know, you get those guys, like the lower-level guys, the guys who weren't, like, top of the academy class. Yeah, but like, these guys you know, are the real workers. They're the heart of the Federation. Yeah, they're yeah. the the blue collars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're the middle class of... They got they got passing grades, but they weren't top of their class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they get the work get, done. Or, you know, maybe they didn't go to the right... Um, preparatory school and so didn't have the right contacts and mummy and daddy of course were already quite high up in Starfleet I'm just saying you know a Wesley <laughs> yeah it's a sort of nepotism thing that goes on even in the future I mean, I mean look Wesley had a field rank before he even went to the academy so mm, well he would wouldn't he 
straight onto the bridge with Mummy, wasn't he? <laughs> mm. That'd be a great episode of Orville. Let's make this happen. <laughs> I mean, they've probably got too much of the show in the can, but I don't know. I think we should make this work. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Excited for Orville Season 2. Excited for Discovery Season 2. Uh, and excited for the new series of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Mm, which is going to be... Oh my gosh, when is that coming? Hang on, Alexis just interrupted and said, I'm sorry, I don't know that one. How rude. <laughs> you know, maybe Alexis should get acquainted with it, because it's coming back. Yeah, and listeners uh, in the UK can even listen to it on the Google Podcast app, which has finally been released here. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I mean, Who Made Who? Mm. We have a lot of Who Made Who's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Sooner, sooner than, sooner than uh, I'm a Doctor on a Podcast, so... Mm. Uh, I'm not sure when the new series of that show is starting. I think in October? I can't remember. But it's coming Me soon. Either. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Yep. Uh, well, we're going to have so, a Christmas episode, aren't we? So uh, I've got a feeling that actually it might not be October. I think they're going to push it back and it will be... Um, Christmas episode might be the start of it, I suspect. But we'll uh, see. Perhaps. It's up to the... It's the BBC. Who knows what they're going to do? They're... Yeah. Uh, a wacky bunch of characters. Too busy here. giving airtime to Steve Bannon and Nigel Farage at the moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so that's... Well, we're ending it on a, on a bad note like that, but <laughs> what can you do? Uh, such is life. Uh, that's the episode. Uh, not just for this week, but for a few weeks. And... <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, head on over to cinemageekly.com. You can check out the archives of the show. This would be a good time to start catching up on season one of Discovery, and uh, we can be like your companion post-show podcast. Uh, you can find us there, all the episodes backlogged, and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe. And you can check out my interview with um, Ari Decker, who's now my new Bezzy mate, uh, on um, uh, Children of the Adams as well. There are other people on that right. too, but he's like my busy mate now. He's Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. Ben Ben went and did some. Uh, where, where did you? Uh, what con was this that you went to? It was. was it yeah, it was. It was for the love of Star Wars. Oh, no, sorry, Star Wars Gathering. This one um, over in Liverpool. Um, uh, and you can go to AdamsNerds dot com. Yeah. And Ben did a whole like a not. Was was it like a four, bunch four, of four or five. Um, so, uh, you to Chun- yeah, you talked to Stunt Chewy. I did. Who's who's also um, British uh, publicity tour Chewy as well. So, like, in fact, I think I think European publicity tour. So, whenever you see Chewbacca <laughs> at any um, sort of proper event for Star Wars over here, um, including all the movie stuff, it's him. Yeah. Yeah. He's six. He's six foot eleven. He's huge. Um, I spoke to that Yoda guy, uh, Mr. Mally, uh, who I've met Yoda now. He's um, fun and um, slightly odd looking in person. By that Yoda guy, who do you mean exactly? Uh, Paul Mally. So he is um, the guy who basically. Well, first of all, he had a hand in um, the original Yoda, uh, but he's also the guy who rebuilt um, from scratch. Uh, a, a, a proper full uh, radio articulated Yoda, which is really cool. Ah, that cool. Um, is very cool. So, yeah, he was pretty cool. Um, I've met Jabba the Hutt's left and right hands. Um, <laughs> did you know Jabba's left hand is also his tongue? 
What a gig. Yeah. You can get in like the Star Wars universe where it's like people care who you are if you like puppeteered Jabba. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. But, well, actually, see, the interesting thing about that guy is he is um, also, he was responsible for uh, Audrey 2 and Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, he's responsible for a load of the um, uh, the puppets from uh, Labyrinth and things like that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, say, I said Paul Malley. I mean Nick Malley, rather. Uh, I spoke to Paul Blake. Uh, who answered the question of as to who fired first immediately confirming that it was Han. Uh, Paul Blake, of course, is better known as Greedo. Um, he was a lot of fun, actually. If you only listen to one of the interviews on there, other than with my busy mate, Ari Decker, uh, then you should listen to Paul Blake's uh, interview. He was a lot of fun, too. So I like how he's probably just like, so who shot Han? I know. I, I said right at the start, I said, right, well, let me get this question out of the way. And he went, he did. That was it. <laughs> I said, all right, I thought you'd say that. He said, well, I should know I was there. It's a fair point. It's a fair Which point. is a great answer, yeah. of course. Yeah. So there uh, you go. So there's some fun interviews over there. Uh, and there's more to come. I can't, I realize now having, I've got the list in front of me of the people who I've got for interviews between now and March. Uh, most of them are in December and March. And I've realized I can't tell you any of the names. But uh, there's some blooming big names in there. Blooming big awesome. names, so that'll be fun. Uh, I've yet to decide whether I'm going to go and do the Harry Potter one, which is coming up uh, next week or the week after, I think. Um, there's quite a lot of the kids, um, uh, but they're all like the the kind of how can I put it? They're the slightly more B-list kids. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, next time you run into there ne- goes that interview. <laughs> Next next time you run into more Star Trek related people, we're gonna have to obtain your services. To, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. To get some chats for Star Trek or for Doctor Who as well. Absolutely. Well, I'm always keeping an eye out for uh, for these people. But this uh, the event in Liverpool was uh, strictly um, Star Wars, but it does mean that um, I've now uh, fallen in with the uh, for the love of crowd. So if you see posts about that anywhere, you'll you'll know that um, there's some pretty big names appearing at uh, those events uh-huh. in the UK. So. Uh, so I'm now invited to attend all of them, as many as I can get to, apparently. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the uh, before we go, the last podcast I did before this one uh, was with uh, Alistair King, who did that, uh, who's doing our great podcast, uh, podcast theme song although it Mm. wasn't designed as our theme song uh originally but he's graciously let us use it for that uh and i had a really great talk with him about the music of uh star trek which is not something he's professionally worked on but something he's got a great love for uh and i know we mentioned uh who made who is coming back as well and Sometime before the Series 11 premiere, we're going to have another episode of that podcast where I talk with him about uh, an actual job he had, which was working with the music of Doctor Who. So uh, we're going to that's going to pop up uh, at some point soon. I just talked with him a few hours ago. He also did um, holes in his schedule. He did the Meg as well, which uh, I, I don't know whether that film's going to be a triumph or a disaster, oh, but shit. Did he did music for the Meg? Yeah. He was the orchestrator. For oh the my goodness. I can't wait. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be good or not. <laughs> I kind of don't care. 
You know, uh, I think Jason Statham, looks... Rain Wilson, Ruby Rose. I think you've probably got a vague idea as to whether that's going to be a good movie. But hey, the soundtrack may be good. It looks like Abyss yeah. with a Megalodon instead of Alien. So I'm I'm okay with I mean, it probably won't be as good as The Abyss, but uh, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love giant things. So if it can be big and dumb and fun, I'm in. I think, well, and it's a, it's a 12A movie. Um, it has potential to be big and dumb and that's, fun. Uh, it clusters sci-fi um, and I found the action horror sci-fi. So it's a giant shark in the future that gets blown up presumably i presume it gets blown up otherwise why on earth would you cast jason statham so yeah but anyway so um yes your, your composer new best bud is uh the orchestrator on that show on that film rather oh my god i mean he's he's done work on a ton of stuff that i that i hold dear uh that some other people don't hold as dear but uh what like the dad's no, army f- reboot film you mean <laughs> Well, I mean, he did, like, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. He did Downton. He did Downton, you know. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. He's He's got quite the he's got quite the long list of, of places he's worked for and with. And I think we can all agree here, at least you and I, Ben, because we do a podcast about Doctor Who, that Doctor Who is one of those things and one of the, one of the things that can be the best parts of that show sometimes mm-hmm. uh, is the music. So, yeah. Uh, and he's heavily involved in a lot of that. He was so involved in uh, at least two or three of the Harry Potter movies as well, of course. Indeed, yes. Yeah, he's he's done so much work, and it's amazing. Uh, you can go listen to it, uh, the episode just prior to this one, and he talks about how he basically got into doing music for movies and television shows, basically by chance, hmm. just a random random chance, and he ended up getting into the business. Uh, and he's been working on stuff ever since. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk specifically about uh, music from Doctor Who because he can specifically talk about stuff he did as part of his job. Uh, so, yeah, excited to do that. But that's unrelated to Star Trek. I'm just saying it's going to be a bit before there's more Star Trek to talk about, and there is going to be more Doctor Who to talk about. And I think there's like a like a Venn diagram of Doctor Who and Star Trek fans that does tend to cross over yeah. uh, almost into a perfect circle. So uh, if you're if you're waiting for more uh, Trek, there will be some more Doctor Who stuff coming soon. So uh, for Ben Knight, I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back sometime soon, probably before the end of the year, I'm going to guess, so we can talk about those Trek shorts uh, on another episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. <laughs>